1: Hey everybody, welcome to your post-Bears reporting is eligible. I am Paul Noonan, right for the Shepherd Express and Acme Packing Company and do the Milwaukee's Tailgate podcast, which we're taking off this week in case you missed that message because we haven't had a day off in a long time and there's just depressing things to talk about. Um, really quick before I introduce JR though, I did want to mention, since we won't get a chance to this week, Andy Haynes got fired today. And I just wanted to mention, I said on the podcast that Andy Haynes would probably get fired, and uh, I was the, the correct one there. So, <laughs> t- taking a quick victory lap uh, at Andy Haynes' expense, but uh,
2: you know, I can't believe you're, you're taking victory laps that don't involve the Packers beating the Bears. It feels like that's <laughs> such a brand thing for you, and you have started even before we get to the football. That's incredible! Incredible. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get to the Bears,
1: but uh, uh, why, why don't you why don't you introduce yourself over there in Tosa?
2: Yes, I'm JR Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It's just the two of us this week. We think Matt last might show time, up. We'll see. Yeah, we really Matub is such a wild card. He's so you never actually know. Last time last time we thought it was going to be the two of us, and then he claimed he was left in the Zoom waiting room and couldn't couldn't get in for some reason. So uh even though we got no notification of it, but um, we're
1: watching this time. We're carefully watching this
2: time. <laughs> yeah, we do not want uh we do not want to leave him locked out yet again. Yeah, but, I want to
1: uh, leave him hanging. I think everybody had kid problems this week. My kids were sick. They were home today. Having kids home while you're trying to work is the worst, as we all know, uh, if you have kids during COVID. So, um yeah, I'm glad that they're asleep and I'm in my basement. That is the best thing that's happened in many days. Other than beating the Bears, which the Packers did. So
2: they um, did indeed. I I also had kid problems in that I was at an apple orchard during most of this game. I, I was, was
1: at a pumpkin patch during most of this <laughs> game. It's the
2: same thing. <laughs> I bet we both did corn mazes. We
1: did. We did I did do a corn maze. The, yes. I will, it, kudos to this pumpkin patch. They did have beer. It was Abbey Farms in Illinois and they make their own um, Abbey style beer, So like doubles and triples and stuff. And we got a bottle of the double before we went into the corn maze and that made the corn maze a lot better. Honestly, yeah, corn mazes aren't that fun if you don't have beer and they're much more fun with beer.
2: I would love to do a corn maze with beer. I did not have beer at this particular corn maze, but I did I, I did have a good time. This was uh, Elegant Farmer out in McGowan. Oh, which, I love the Elegant Farmer. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I, I am not an... Well, I mean, let's be honest. I don't like anything that doesn't involve my computer TV sports <laughs> being in my house. I'm extremely lame. I'm probably not even a good father and I am definitely not, definitely not a good husband. But... uh uh, th- this is something we do every year and it's cool. It's cool. It's, it's a really nice spot. Mm-hmm. The apple selection wasn't great, but that's the time of year we went. So yep. uh, it's, it, they got, they got good apple picking, got a few other things here and there, you know, the, the hayride thing going on. It, it's a good time. It really is a good, yeah. good, thing for family. Did you take the train? No, no, no. We've not done that. We've taken the train one time independent of the uh, apple orchards, apple orchard scene. But uh, I uh- I personally have never been on the train
1: makes sense the one thing i do hate about uh, fall family fun apple slash pumpkin places is that they do seem designed to have as many bees follow you around as possible
2: oh just this place just, actually has beehives on the campus well,
1: they're th- everywhere y- y- even more so there but just the combination of like donuts covered in powdered sugar and <laughs> sticky apple cider and caramel covered apples means that there are literally bees just everywhere and i don't care for that but Whatever, it's fine.
2: Especially when you have children, most of whom are under the age of like eight, yes. running around collecting these apples. Exactly. Anyway, though, um,
1: fortunately, um, the condensed version exists, and uh, I got yes. to, I've watched this game twice now, partially because I wanted to check on a few things, and partially because the Packers only had seven possessions in the whole game, so it was it really easy to wild. watch twice, <laughs> which is insane
2: it really, it really is wild. it's and one of,
1: their pace is so slow. i'm uh, I, like I'm glad they're good on the five and one and winning, but i would I would like it if they moved just a little faster it uh it, it really kind of shortens things to an absurd extent a lot of the time
2: all right. so the first question is an easy one why what's going on there? Why are they so slow is because the line is you know that's that's sort of just like li- living up to the line apply, you know, you would think. Having, having a run game that clicks with this passing game that you theoretically would assume is very good because Aaron Rodgers is in charge of it, you would think that would meet, make for a pretty good pretty good pace but, uh, but what's the deal? What do you think?
1: There's a lot of factors that go into making them slow. It's like a big collaboration of things that first of which is we know Aaron likes to take his time between plays and get everybody in the right spot and make sure that um, you know he's diagnosed everything properly. We know he likes to take the, the play clock down to zero, uh, often a little you know a little past zero even. And so that's that's factor one. Factor two is LaFleur's offense takes a while to... It's complicated. The call is long. But besides that, it does involve like good things, like pre-snap motion. And it takes time for pre-snap motion to happen. Um, you have to kind of wait for the defense to get set so that when you run motion, you can diagnose what they're doing off of it. So, so you have these... Long plays that come in, you got to wait for some stuff to happen, you send guys in motion, then Aaron has to diagnose and maybe change it, and put all that together, and um, you're taking the play clock. The, the Packers, I think, are the fourth slowest team uh, in, in from time between, from play to play. I think it's the 32.8 seconds between plays for them. And, you know, the play clock's not that long. And then they do run the ball. Um, they're not stupid about running. The situation neutral-wise, they're pretty good. They, they pass as much as they should. But, you know, they're not afraid to run the ball. They run the ball quite a bit. They're I think twenty something, twenty second um, in uh pass percentage, meaning they run the ball the you know, tenth most in the league. And that drains the clock. Um, and you know, we see them do it pretty effectively. you know, Aaron Jones and and Edja Dillon had a pretty good game here. And when they get they've also had leads in pretty much every game, so they're gonna grind the clock down. So running and milking the clock and slow passing and milking the clock and Put it all together, and you've got a team that is just not going to generate a lot of possessions every game. And then if you run into the Bears, who you know are afraid of their quarterback and also going to try and run the ball just to not throw interceptions
2: and look stupid, it just makes for a very very short game with not a lot going on. Yeah, I guess then the next question is if you think they have the tempo in them. I realize that might be predicated (laughs) on having a fully healthy receiving core, which they don't have right now, and a couple guys that maybe have uh, regressed is probably the wrong word, but are you know, aren't as factors as big of factors as they were last year, because I I'm sure like a lot of people, I look at this team and yeah, they've won a bunch of games in a row. Uh, they, I, I still think the win in San Francisco was really impressive, Yep. but the three wins since then have been slogs. You know, like, yes, they, they beat the Sealers and it was fairly convincing. That's still a 10-point game at Lambeau Field. They beat the Bengals, and it requires a crazy confluence of overtime <laughs> events to make that happen. <laughs> they beat the Bears, and, you know, like the Bears at Soldier Field, rivalry game, I suppose anything can happen. Defense is good. 24 points for the number of possessions they had, especially considering one touchdown was taken off the board by bizarre officiating. Yep. Uh, you know that's that's not bad. That's fine. It's but it good. doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It feels like this is a top ten team in the NFL. And when you get to the playoffs, that's not good enough. I at five and one, knowing that there are more teams making the playoffs than ever before, a losing team, a losing record or five hundred record, probably going to make it. I do th- think this Packers team is going to win three or four more games at least. So I think they're safely in. But uh, it doesn't feel like they're a top you know more than maybe a top 10 team in the NFL so do you think they have that gear and they're just not showing it or that they, they just aren't quite ready for it maybe because David Bakhtiari hasn't been back like what what do you what do you envision going forward
1: I, I think the tempo is kind of ingrained in them and I I do think that speeding them up hurts them because it does restrict the the, the playbook like you can't do a lot of the stuff they want to do without wasting time um, I mean the only way to do it is to tell Aaron to snap the ball earlier, and he's not going to do it. Like we've seen, Aaron's very old. We've seen this show; he's not changing. So, to go faster, to run tempo, I think they have to kind of cut down on the number of plays they run, and uh, or cut down on, on the types of plays. So the playbook shrinks a lot more: shotgun, a lot less under center play action, a lot less motion. Um, and I think we've seen that happen a couple times and burn them. Uh, I think that's what happened in the San Diego game last year. I think the Saints game kind of looked like that when they got behind where they went shotgun a ton and did try to run tempo a little bit. And their offense just isn't as good when they do that. So um, I think it's built into them that they do have to be a little bit ahead and they're not going to be a fast moving team kind of no matter what. But I do think they're really good um, th- by by advanced metrics. They are on a per play basis. They are while they they're like 14th in the league in points scored. um, they're, since the Saints game, they're third in the league in EPA per play. I think they're like 10th, uh, counting that game, which, you know, you shouldn't discount it. It happened. Um, and, and they're like 10th offensively in DVOA. Um, but they're, uh, They're just, this pace makes them vulnerable to a lot of luck. And yeah, they lost a touchdown against the Bears for sure. That definitely happened. Um, Equinemia St. Brown should have had a touchdown. But the Bears also um, didn't lose a touchdown necessarily, but the one interception should not have happened. That should have been a third and two for them. Um, And a couple plays go the other way, and that slow pace for the Packers lets the Bears hang around quite a bit more than you'd be comfortable with. So um, it it really brings a lot more luck into the game when you're not able to blow out even bad teams because you don't have enough positions to do it, and th- that's where the risk happens. And I think that's where the playoffs it could that could show up in the playoffs and burn them against a lesser team. Um, so that that's my big worry there.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that in terms of the officiating because there I, it just you just got to come to terms with it. There's going to be a bad officiating decision, uh, probably for both teams in every game this year. Uh, a pretty consequential one, it seems like. And maybe uh, you know, maybe in one game you're on the short end of that. You've got to be good enough to just you know, you got to be good enough where that doesn't matter. Where one or two plays adjudicated incorrectly does not matter. And to do that, you obviously have to be able to rack up more points. I guess I guess we'll know. They're playing a team this week that has what, allows like what 38 points a game, like by far the <laughs> most points. Not by far, but they have allowed the most points in the NFL of any team. Their defense, which was supposed to be so good, is so not good. If they can't roll up 30 against Washington, it's going to feel like they maybe have a problem. And
1: it's possible they won't, because Washington's defense is still really talented. They they were third in DVOA last season. They were very good. They were 27th the year before. One one thing that we have figured out about um, defense generally is that it's very inconsistent from year to year. It's not a good way to build a team for that reason, because um, little tiny things can basically knock it completely off course. Uh, that's just a fact. Partially it's just more volatile. Partially it's because once the offense identifies a weakness, um, there's nothing the defense can do about it other than add people or change scheme and that can bite you. So, um, it's still a talented Washington team. Like Chase Young's really, really good. He was Defensive rookie of the year. Um, and they, um, they, they added some talent in the offseason. They were bad against number one receivers last year. They had, I believe it's Willie Jackson. I got to double check. But uh, who's a good corner? And now they're better against number one receivers, but they fell apart against every other kind of receiver. They're like 29th and 30th against number two in slot receivers. But if you're the Packers, this could actually be a bit of a problem because they do have a good pass rush. They And, and Rodgers has struggled under pressure this year, especially with deep passing. And they are actually pretty good against number one receivers. The Bears sucked. They were 30th. Washington's not um they are much much better um so I think that the Packers may have some trouble putting a a 30 spot on this Washington team I think this might be a a oh Washington's actually not as bad as they've played so far kind of game but I don't see how Washington's going to score any points so I don't think it matters (laughs) it's pathetic offense and it's it's hurt to
2: boot so um, uh, they should still be okay but I think the defense shows up for Washington this week you ask the question who is their second best receiver. I both want and don't want the answer to be Mercedes Lewis because me that too. means <laughs> because Mercedes Lewis is the man, but also if he's your second best receiver, you have issues. Uh it's probably Aaron Jones, which is maybe it's own set of issues, but yes. uh I mean Mercedes Lewis is is I mean I'm in love with him. I need to get a probably a jersey at this point or something. Why is, I, uh, why I
1: really like him this year is because to me when I whenever I see him play and get a catch it seems like he's offended that he's getting a catch, L- like, <laughs> like, 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 idiots. That like that nobody else was good enough to, to take this possession, and so he <laughs> he's going to catch it and just bowl over whatever's in front of him with the anger of a thousand suns for having to be involved in this in the first place. So I, I, I
2: obliterated this. two linemen for you people. None of you are still open. I'm going to do this all my exactly.
1: Time. Uh, guess it's old Mercedes time now. <laughs>
2: nobody yeah that's too bad it's probably I
1: mean, Cobb but it's yeah. like it should be definitively Cobb or Lazard um and the fact that it's not as bad for sure and I mean Aaron Jones is probably the right answer because he has the second most targets I'm pretty sure second most receptions but that's no good either <laughs> your running back right. shouldn't be that guy you know especially one who's not it's not his forte you know it's it's not this is not Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield he's gotten a lot better, but. You know, it's not where Aaron Jones is supposed to be dominating people. So,
2: No, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon have definitely shown up so far this year. They so they, they've built this offense around the running game, which is fine. But you know they're going to need to uncork some dandies. I can't believe I just said that out loud. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to... Can you edit that out? I'm already embarrassed about that that expression. Uncorked I don't even I don't know where that came dandies. from. They got they've they're gonna have to they're gonna have to pass the ball, especially when you get into the teeth of the schedule, and especially when you get in the playoffs. They're gonna have to make some magic happen through the air. And I'm not sure who's on the receiving end right now.
1: Nope. Uh, they do get MVS um, bracket practice. Not sure if he's gonna be healthy enough to go. Kind of doubt it, but.
2: That would help a lot. Um There was, by the way, a... I don't believe, by the way, that he practiced on Wednesday, which is when did he we're recording not? this. Oh, okay, I don't think he did. If he did, he was limited. But I'm pretty sure he didn't practice at all. Okay, never mind. I don't think they even activated him yet, off the pup.
1: I may be right; he was supposed to be, but you. Oh, you're he right. Was. He's not activated. So yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and he still might be, but I. Uh, I doubt it. If you're eligible to be activated and you're not on day one, that's usually <laughs> off the pup, off the not list, but the uh, IR off the IR. Um yeah, that's not a good sign.
1: No, no, it is not. Okay, well, that's no
2: good. David Bakhtiari was back though. That's good. That's excellent.
1: Um, and that that will help the running game too. Uh, the, their passing or their their pass blocking's been pretty good regardless. They've done a very nice job. But um, Bakhtiari also gives them a lot more flexibility, and like he really will help. Um, Jones and Dylan even more than they they've been helped so far. their run blocking has not been great and uh, if they give those guys a couple more
2: holes and the offense will really start to take off. So I'm looking forward to having Bach back. Uh, yeah, we'll see how, how I mean Elton Jenkins wasn't wasn't great in his first game back. I mean he was you know whatever fine, but like certainly not at all pro level. And uh, so you wonder if there's going to be a learning curve. Obviously, Elton Jenkins was not out nearly as long as David Bakhtiari has been. So I, I'd be curious if he's actually active for the game against Washington. <laughs> Seems like maybe they would want to wait that extra week at the very least. But yeah, but what do I know? It's already it's already been you know ten months. So
1: indeed, there's no reason to rush anybody back for this game either. They should. It- if they want to give people a week off, that's fine. If they want to give them like a preseason game, also not a bad idea to, to ease people back into things. I think you might kind of see that with a few guys, um, but uh, should not be a threat. And after this, they really have a gauntlet of, of very tough opponents where they'll need people as healthy as they can be.
2: Yeah. So uh, we've got Packers kind of some news today with Whitney Merciless signing. I want to talk about that, but I don't want to get too far away from this Bears game. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts. Justin Fields, we Packers now have seen him for a full game here. What what did you think? Because uh, <laughs> I, I I I mean I still I've still got really high expectations for where that career goes, yep. and I mean why wouldn't I? It's it's there's definitely a you know rookie season. There's going to be a learning curve, and I, I think he's going to be pretty special. But um, I don't know. What what did you think now that you've seen him in action? Uh,
1: uh, it made me even matter at the way the Bears' offense runs. But uh, <laughs> so he, he played a bad game, but he showed you I think what he can do. Um, a couple times, and where you really should be using him as a mobile quarterback, he had scrambles, but he had no designed runs. Um, which is something the Bears have been consistent with the whole season. Yeah,
2: what are they doing? Don't Why know. don't they give him the ball,
1: man? They really want to run the the Matt Nagy offense, and they're not making any. Um, they're not doing anything to help the guys they have. It's just a stupid way to coach. I I, I hate it when coaches can't adjust to their talent. It. It's just, if your scheme's that good, then um, you should still be succeeding. Even if your guy's not that great at running it, your scheme's not that good. You really got to... This is not rocket science. I mean, uh, he was great in college, and he... He was able to use his mobility and his speed and um, a pretty accurate arm to buy time and hit receivers. The Bears have at least a couple of good receivers, but they have him standing back in the pocket till it breaks down. And then he makes things happen sometimes. And he, he threw some nice passes when he had time. It's not like he was bad across the board. Um, you know, We've seen quarterbacks every once in a while who just can't hit the broad side of a barn, and this was not that. Um, it, it's just, they're, they're stupid. So uh, I, I still think he's a good-looking prospect. But I think he is still being ruined by the team to a large extent. Mm -hmm. And I want to see him somewhere else. And
2: you know what? They'll probably have a different staff in next year. So we might get to see that. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking the Matt Nagy issue is is short term. He'd probably struggle no matter who the coach is this year. So uh, get out of your system and then (laughs) learn from someone else. Uh, I, I also think his day is better if he doesn't make the mistake of simply not throwing that ball to darnell savage in the end zone you know like that the the mistake there is not looking for the flag when when kenny clark so obviously jumped offside (laughs) it's just an embarrassing miss by the referees and you know not not seeing that flag and being willing to uncork a ball that anybody could catch that's that is a mistake that's on him but if that doesn't happen You know, there's a chance that drive ends in a score and a a totally different ballgame at that point.
1: Yeah, it's pretty likely they get a field goal at least. And to the Packers' credit, you know, they took over on the 20 and they came right down and punched it in. So um, it's not like they got a short field or anything. And uh, I don't know if it would have changed the game too much if the Bears do get a field goal there. It's still pretty likely the Packers score on that drive. But, um, you know, it changes the game in more ways than one and it takes more time. It reduces possessions again. And,. Um, it was, you know, while you can, you can blame him for that, m- that mistake, it's a pretty savvy play uh, um, to actually get people to jump and then take the deep shot. You know, we see guys check down a lot on those, too, and not take full advantage when we're not watching Rodgers. And um, it should have worked for him because the Packers were definitely offsides on the play. <laughs> I, would, I would have been beside myself if I were um, him and the Bears coaching staff on that one
2: yeah that's a that's a tough tough miss they, they made up for it by taking away a touchdown they did. because of a phantom offensive pass interference penalty but whatever that's uh that's <laughs> that's tough uh it, Khalil Herbert I didn't you know I'm not gonna pretend like I know anything about that guy Same. coming into this game <laughs> uh he's not bad he's pretty good he ran really well
1: he looked very good in that game um and I also, I'm like you, but you know what I like? is I like running backs who don't cost a lot of money to sign.
2: <laughs> He's perfect for you. He
1: is perfect for me, and I like anybody who lets me talk about David Montgomery as being a bad draft pick. And Khalil Herbert was really good. He, good in the passing game, ran with power, cut back very well, um, punched in a nice touchdown. Just really a, a very, very solid game from a rookie. Goes to show you, of course, you can get good running back production Pretty much anywhere, the Bears just did it. He's their third stringer, and uh, I Montgomery has had good games this year, so it's not like it's the best Bear performance of the year from running back. It's not, but you know it was on par with anything that anybody above him has done so far this year, and behind a bad offensive line. So uh, kudos to that kid, and I hope he has a long successful career. And I get to talk about him all the time. Uh, By the way, did have a higher um, RAS than Montgomery coming out of college. So not great, but
2: still a slightly better athlete too. We, uh, we have to talk about the moment of the game, which is Aaron Rodgers expressing his, his certain, his, uh, (laughs) his viewpoints. Some of them, some of them not safe for air. Although I suppose we could, uh, we, I I should have gotten the full, the full text and read it, but, but obviously the, I still own you sentiment is, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's going to be one of the quotes of the year. Pretty great stuff. Um, I, I, I do I, I appreciate that he hasn't backed off of it. There there's obvious anytime this happens, you get a little bit of like it was immature, it made it about him or whatever. Like, obviously, screw that. Like he was he was in the moment, it was fun. Yeah. It happened to be caught by a crowd mic. You can't tell me other players aren't saying the exact same stuff. We just don't hear it because there's no crowd mic right in that area. It was sort of a circumstantial thing. And uh and I love it. I, I don't quite know on the Pat McAfee show why he needed to spiral that into a long take about woke culture that i guess i didn't even completely <laughs> understand yeah uh, but nope. but i like that he's like look i you know first of all you know it wasn't personal or anything it's just you know in the moment and second of all scoreboard like track record i mean is, am i wrong <laughs> that's the best thing is seeing the teammates like he ain't wrong even yep. even, even, even Cole even, Komet, even the better plus Cole yep. Komet, uh who who cold he's gonna turn into a nice player too uh you know he's like, yeah, he's not totally wrong. yeah, I love that absolutely great.
1: it was great um it it it's kind of a weird one like i was I was trying to imagine just myself in the scenario of what I would say in that scenario getting double bird flipped by by people <laughs> at an opposing Multiple stadium people yeah, yeah, um and I don't think I would come up with I still own you maybe I would um but uh whatever it it works. it's good by the way, um at Acme packing Company we have shirts uh and they're beautiful so. Um, if you are looking for an I still own you shirt, uh, I should mention it. Ours is officially licensed by the National Football League Players Association, so it actually has a an Aaron Rodgers graphic with number twelve on it on the front and his signature. Wow. Yeah, we did good work there. Nice. I didn't know you had that kind of pull. Yeah, I, same here, but we do. So, <laughs> so that's it, awesome. Yes, if you want the official, um, uh, we still uh, I still own you shirt. We got that over there. Go check it out. The official yeah. I still own you shirt. Yes, that's
2: fantastic. Yeah. What a moment. What a, what a great moment. A good, good, uh, one more notch in this rivalry uh, as, as Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show, they were, they were eight down in this rivalry when Brett Favre took over and now they're quite a bit up. They really or, are. Bit, I don't, I don't know if they're eight up and, or they, I don't quite remember what the numbers are, but they were not ahead and now they're very much comfortably ahead. Yes. It's, it's pretty great stuff.
1: The bears really have been just a dumpster fire too. They, they really need to completely clean house. Uh, and, and like, we should make fun of them a little bit for threatening to move to Arlington Heights as well, um, because (laughs) it, so soldier fields, not easy to get to. It's one of those things like everybody imagines a downtown stadium as just, um, you know, people in the city can just kind of amble over or take the train or whatever. And that's the case with Wrigley and with whatever the hell Comiskey is called these days, I believe it's still guaranteed rate. Um, but soldier fields, not by public transportation. Um, it is a pain to get to, it's hard to drive to from anywhere. And so, like, it, it also doesn't help any businesses. I, I know we always talk about when people build new stadiums that the economic impact is overstated. But for the city stadiums, like Wrigley in particular, it does help the neighborhood be a thing. Like, the bars there and the restaurants and hotels drive it a lot weird. of revenue off there. There's nothing by Soldier Field. It's by the museum. It's weird. Yeah, Paul.
2: you. It's it's quiet. If you walk around that building and there's not a game going on, it is dead quiet. You feel like you're almost on an island surrounded by traffic. You know, a major highway that you can see right from the side of the building. Yep, which you kind but of are. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. It's like being at a park and ride.
1: Yeah. So and uh, like not to get too Chicagoy about this, but um, it's on the museum campus, which is where tourists and schoolchildren go to go see the museum. It's, it's by those things. It's on the same like land strip as the Navy Pier, which is also on the lake, on the other side of Lakeshore Drive, and also difficult to get to if you're not a tourist um, or a child on a bus. So um, it, it's, it's very isolated, and um, I'm not going to make fun of them for threatening to move as much as I normally would because I, I kind of get it a little bit. Um, they should probably... If they keep him in the city, try and build that up a little bit. Like, have it be a little more integrated. Have it be um, an easier destination. Like, there's tailgating at Soldier Field. And I like tailgating. But it's weird to tailgate in downtown Chicago. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. You, you would think you'd be going out to two cool places and then wandering over. But that is not how that place operates. So, Arlington Heights Bears coming soon. But uh, <laughs> that'll yeah, be fun. Yeah,
2: you said... Uh, I said highway, and before somebody lambasts my geography, uh, well, Lakeshore Drive. Lakeshore like Drive is, I, but it feels like highway. A highway. Is fair,
1: I think. It, technically, maybe even a highway. I think it's like Highway Forty One or something like. Whatever. Oh, really?
2: Okay, okay. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. My Chicago geography is not great. <laughs> I'm I'm the guy who takes Two Ninety Four so I don't have to go anywhere near the city if I have to pass through. Well, but, that's just uh, smart.
1: I mean, if you're yeah. going through the city, that's how you should do it.
2: I truly don't know why anyone doesn't take two ninety four. It's not even that much further. It's not like much does, further and it, it, it adds like, like nine you, minutes. The
1: odds of you it usually adds nothing because the odds of you getting stuck well, sure. in the loop on the way through are astronomically high.
2: Yeah. I used to think going through the loop was still the way to go on Sundays. I don't think that's true. No, nah, I don't think I, that's I, true anymore either. There's pretty much two ninety four disaster. Two ninety four yeah. rules. yes um okay so the packers speaking speaking before of of going behind and now ahead the packers are 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 only plus eight on the season in terms of overall you know points four points against but since the saints plus 43 i mean that is i guess that's that's pretty good yeah
1: it's really good um and there's lots of it's hard to tell how good the packers are it's very strange they've played a lot of teams with good defenses and bad offenses and as a result of this their offense ranks very highly in most advanced stats because all defensive adjustments um, and things like and the pace, you know, being the big determining factor for them, means that they're actually a lot better than they have appeared to be on offense. And the opposite is true of the defense because they've played a bunch of teams without good offenses. You know, the Bears have a terrible offense, and um, the Bengals are fine, but not great. And uh, Pittsburgh's got the rusted corpse of Ben Roethlisberger back there. So, (laughs) you you know, you can just kind of adjust for that in your own head. So um, the defense has looked pretty good, but they really haven't been tested. They will be soon. Not this week, but soon. And the the offense has been tested more than we kind of maybe think, and its uh, really very good performance has been disguised by pace and by uh, incomplete teams that have um, good defenses but bad offenses. So, um, uh, And then they have that plus 8 but also plus 43. It depends on how much you count the Saints game. I I don't really know what to think of them. And I think um, starting with the Cardinals in two weeks, I think we'll learn exactly what we're looking at, if we've got a contender or if we've got kind of a pretender so far. But all that said, this these last few weeks have made me actually very optimistic on the Packers. Um, and I think if you start to see comps to 2010, that that might be appropriate because uh, the only difference being they didn't really weather the storm well early in 20 in 2010. They had to kind of get healthy late and rally late and sneak into the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. Um, this time they've I, they've managed to win their games when they've been hurt, when, you know, no MVS and no Elton Jenkins and no David Bakhtiari and no Jair Alexander and no Zadarius Smith. If they start to get all these guys back later and they keep up this level of efficiency and that defense... Has two awesome corners with a now solid pass rush with Kenny Clark playing outside and Devondre Campbell anchoring the middle. Like, it's easy to see how this looks like a dominant team that is a legit Super Bowl contender. So I think they get that. Um, I'm not sure there's that right now, but I think they do get that if they actually get healthy.
2: Yeah. Three and three that team was in 2010, but two of those losses were back to back overtime setbacks against Washington and Miami. That's right. So it was a little even then a little it obscured a little bit of their talent. Of course, you know, if, if this season plays out similarly, because they will with the extra playoff team, like I said, they're likely at this trajectory to have a spot <laughs> They're gonna up. get in. Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna get in. So so then you you it's the the mumbo jumbo about, well, did it benefit them to have to like fight for their lives for the last two weeks of the regular yep. season? You know, By like the then way, you gotta deal with all per that. Per
1: football outsiders, they have the hardest remaining schedule of any team. Um uh, yeah. you know, of all the teams in the top five it's all the NFC North. So it's not like they're at a disadvantage against anybody else in the division who also all play a brutal schedule. So they'll, they'll win the division. They might just right. not look great doing it.
2: But we're not even talking... Like, who cares about the NFC North? Like, really? True. I mean, they're, they're going to win the <laughs> NFC North. And even if they if they don't win the NFC North, it's it's already a letdown. But they're, they're going to win it. That's not what people care about anymore. Yeah. You know, Aaron right. Rodgers' days are theoretically numbered. So yep. I, I would be concerned about that schedule. But, you, you know, guys get hurt. Teams teams go in the tank. Uh, who, who knows? The Packers, I think, have a better chance of of getting better. Well, I mean, obviously, you never know what injuries are going to. But but right now they're missing their best player at a number of positions. Uh, they have a better chance of getting better for the last month of the season. If Alexander and Smith can come back, then, yep. then getting worse, I would think injury Uh, So we did mention the refs. We, they spotted the ball on <laughs> um, there, there's footage going around about them spot there was a play where they spotted the ball I think the Bears were on offense they were it wasn't on the hash it, it was, was like a good was it was it even like half a yard off the hash? I
1: would say it was a full yard outside oh of gosh. the hashes uh, and uh, I mentioned I, I, I mentioned this to, to Matt on APC slack earlier um, that like there's there are bad refereeing mistakes that are like being slow on a snap judgment or you know not seeing a very nuanced call on the line. even the even the terrible call on Equinemius' touchdown, where they ruled him um, that he didn't come down inbound. well forget about the OPI for a second. like they actually went and overturned themselves on that and I get like in real time, it's hard to see like when you have the ball and where your feet are and if they're both in. I get all that. But spotting the ball wrong is just a whole new level of bad. And this referee and crew made a whole bunch of mistakes that are kind of like that. Where it's just like careless, um, you know, not spur of the moment. Like I'm a little sleepy or whatever, but like I'm just not paying attention to the basic rules of football, kind of things. Um, it was bizarre. The other big one was the AJ Dillon um, first down yes. run. You remember Huge when that benefit. happened? Huge think,
2: benefit to the Packers. Everyone thought he was way short. Even the and announcers they gave him a first down. Yeah, <laughs> the announcers came back and like, I guess they're giving him a first down on that. Yeah, fans are booing.
1: Um, it's just insane. He was nowhere close. And I know that the, the line's not official on TV, but they were well back of the orange marker on the sideline, and A.J. Dillon did not gain a single inch on that play. Um, it's Just lots of bad in this game. Lots of very, very sloppy bad. I, I would love to hear the story of what the officials for this game were doing the night before, because it, it seems like they maybe <laughs> had a, a varsity blues-style night out before the football game kind of thing.
2: <laughs> wow, that's... Uh that's yes that's quite the condemnation kind of um i don't know man it was it was weird but like i said there's there's weirdness now it's just the games either too fast or the officials aren't good it doesn't matter which you're going to get a bizarre call that's for you and probably a bizarre call that's against you at least once a game. So you've just gotta be better. You've just gotta be better you've gotta be more than one possession better than, than most teams. And they're <laughs> yep. gonna be there's gonna be times that's unavoidable. You know, when they play the Cardinals, they're not gonna be two possessions better than the Arizona Cardinals. But you got you gotta be just clicking on all cylinders as, as much as you can be. Absolutely. Um,
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
2: So the Packers signed Whitney Merciless, or at least we're led to believe that's where this is headed. Um, he's interesting. He's 31 years old. He's been with the Houston Texans his whole career. He's got He's second on all the defensive career lists that J.J. Watt is first on. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, they, they brought in Lovey Smith this year, so they went from a 3-4 to a 4-3. That moved Whitney Merciless from an outside linebacker to an edge rusher defensive end. I mean, he's always been an edge rusher, but defensive end. And that wasn't really pro- – that's not a fit for him. So he ends up – he started, I think, two games this year and then has been off the bench. Uh, he's still got three sacks this year. It sounds like those are kind of just – none of those are necessarily on Merciless and more on the other guys on the line. But more importantly, he's he's been effective for a long time. I'd be worried because last year we started to see a pretty good decline with him. Yeah. And, and so that does lead me to believe that there might not be left in the tank. It also tells me that Preston Smith – Probably isn't going to play definitely this week and maybe more. So that's a that's unfortunate. But um, I'd be interested. He's certainly a name guy. He's a guy that everybody's <laughs> heard of. Has never been at the Pro Bowl, which surprised me. Never that been to is the surprising. Pro Bowl. Second team All Pro in twenty sixteen, but never a Pro Bowl.
1: Especially with the name, you know, y- even if you're not quite as productive as somebody else in your position, when your name's Whitney Merciless, I mean that's a, <laughs> yes, it's a big leg up on things. Well, um, even
2: – like, I, I try to – there just can't be that many guys around the NFL that I feel comfortable, like, knowing the name. Like, if you said Whitney Merciless, I'd be like, yeah, you know, rusher for the for the Houston Texans. Yeah. I know the guy, but he's never been to a Pro Bowl. That's weird. I feel like either you've been to a Pro Bowl – you know, it's like – the, the generations of talent cycle through so quickly in the NFL, you know, four years go by and, and all the best players are guys that you would have never heard of four years ago. So it's surprising to me that I I know this guy's name so crystal clear and uh and and he's never uh, never been to that level. But yeah, obviously, he's been a very productive player.
1: Yep. All that said, he's definitely shown some severe decline. Um, His he's still cleaning up sex at a decent clip. But that's one of the problems is his pressure rates way down from what it was in his prime and has been for a couple of years. And if those stop turning into sacks, he stops being useful pretty quick. But uh, I think is first of all he's available, and the Packers need somebody because they're very very light at the position. Mm-hmm. And you know, being in Texas has to kind of grind on you. It is, it, it's just one of the worst places you can be. And one thing I love doing is taking underperforming guys out of bad settings. Um, it's it just it it starts to get it's, it's hard to go to work every day when you know you're not going to win and your coach is incompetent and you've traded away all your good players and um you know it, that's that's actually hard to do so um i like taking shots on guys like that and in a part-time role where he just has to fire it up a couple times a game if when preston's back i think that that's definitely worth having so uh, it's there's no downside here um he's not i don't think we have numbers yet but if it's any more than the vet minimum i'll be surprised and if it's a little more that's okay because he has some track record to deal with here um and uh it's a savvy signing it's the kind of thing the Packers haven't always done and uh I you know I think we all wanted Stefan Gilmore when he was available but he cost too much and um this is a good savvy move for a cash strap team where y- you get uh some veteran presence uh you get past performance and if you can fire it up a couple times a game and still you know pressure the quarterback totally good um also a fun jersey so um yes. I would totally have a merciless jersey
2: Absolutely. Uh, Although, you know, the Packers have already done this where they've signed a quote-unquote name guy with Jalen Smith and played against the Bears, and the reviews aren't exactly glowing uh, of his first first performance. He did get a lot of snaps, though. He did. Um, He's a tough one.
1: (laughs) uh, We talked a little bit last week, I think, about how his knees are kind of shot. And he struggled, especially in the run game, in having to go laterally and getting just blown out of holes. Um, But I saw a lot of speculation. Well, he can still be effective in the pass game, going forward, backward, and and covering. And it looks like he's still pretty fast. Um, I think you just have to have him in on the correct downs, and maybe you can get something out of him. But yeah, he did not play well. He uh, he was definitely a huge liability in the run game, and he didn't exactly flash in the passing game either. Uh, and you know, if his knees are gone, that's it's very possible he's just done.
2: Yeah, it's fine though because Devondre Campbell is the best inside he linebacker is. in the NFL. Rank so. number
1: one, which is. Just incredible, good for him. I love Devondre Campbell. He's also fun to watch.
2: Like he, he really pounds people. <laughs> yeah, he does. And like I said, you know who he is. Like he's he's just built a certain way. He is. He sticks out. He's got, he does. So you when when he's in on a tackle, you know, oh, there's Devondre again. Uh, pretty good stuff. Um, real quick, special teams this week. You know,
1: okay, could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah, they they won a longish return if memory serves, but nothing. Honestly, pretty good. No catastrophes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody a, made a their Punting was
2: good. Yeah, a booming punt from Bajorquez. Yep, eighty-two yards. How about that? Beautiful. I mean, it would have been nice if it was down on the one and a little bit less uh, less gross yardage, but still very impressive stuff. When you're hitting eighty-two,
1: to... there's only so much you can ask for. <laughs> that's yeah. true, right?
2: If it's eighty-two, like I'll yeah, take a that touchback. Been... That's fine. Yeah, he must have gotten that into a jet stream. That's uh, yeah, even <laughs> even as good as his leg is, that's that's something else. So. All right. So they're going to face Washington and we've already talked about them a little bit. They've got, you know, you said, you said their offense is bad, but they've got Terry McLaurin, who's, you know, one of the, one of the better receivers in in football, really. But other than, but you know, you gotta have somebody throw them the football and it seems like, uh, seems like that's just something they don't have. And, uh, and the defense has been underperforming either because of, I don't know, effort. I don't know what it is, but like, there's way too many guys that we've all heard of that are still in their prime on that defense that are not are it's just not happening and and you know when you've got Chase Young how, how is your defense not better I don't get it
1: yeah a lot of that defense is schedule and schedule really does wreak havoc on defensive ratings even the guys who adjust for it like football outsiders there's only so much adjusting you can do and la- last year they ranked third but just remember what the um, NFC East was like last year. Um, D- Dallas, what didn't have Dak Prescott for most of the year. We all made fun of Mike McCarthy a lot because that team was so bad. Um, you know, kudos to him for rallying this year a bit. The Eagles, uh, we all thought Carson Wentz's brain was broken. He got sacked on 12 percent of his dropbacks, um, and they were awful. And then the Giants are always terrible, and it, like literally one of the worst divisions in the history of football. The Washington wanted at seven and nine with no offense to speak of, and that's where their defense looked good. This year, they've played the Bills already, who have one of the best offenses in football. The Chiefs, who probably have the best offense in football. The Chargers, who are you know an up-and-coming, like, w- great-looking team for the most part. Dropped a couple recently. but And now they've got the Packers. So their schedule is just much, much more difficult so far. And that'll make your defense look bad in a hurry, especially if you can expose some weaknesses underneath. And their uh, cornerbacks, after their number one cornerback, just aren't that good. If you get the ball out quickly and neutralize Chase Young in the pass rush, that kind of just takes care of them. Um, so th- that's the defense. But offense, oh man, um, I, I do feel a little bad for them on offense because on defense, they're just kind of underperforming um, and mostly healthy. But the offense is just taking it on the chin. I feel like this is a recurring Packer theme so far this year is the opposing, opposing offense is in bad shape. So um, they they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to make them adequate on offense. He got hurt immediately. And their backups, Taylor Hennicky, who's okay, he's fine. Um, but uh, they have a really good offensive line. Usually, it's one of the, it's the strongest part of their offense. It was last year, but um, like the entire right side of their offensive line showed up on the injury report today, and it looks like most of them won't play. Terry McLaurin's on the injury report. I'm not sure if he's going to play. I think he will. Oh, I didn't
2: even know that. Yeah,
1: and Antonio Gibson showed up on the injury report. So I'm trying oh. to pull it up right now. But basically, every worthwhile. Person on the Washington offense is on the injury report now, and is this uh, going to be a punt game for them? It, just gonna it's just going to be like you just, know what, it's okay. It's hard to imagine how they're going to score many points. It's one of those things like, even if they play, um, they're going to be much less effective than they normally would be. Um, let's see, I, I got it. So Antonio Gibson was a DNP today, which is not good for a running back um, with a shin injury. Oh, geez, I didn't even see William Jackson was hurt. Uh, their best cornerback is on the injury report. He was limited today. So Charles Leno um, didn't practice, although I think he's okay just taking a bet. Terry McLaurin it was a DNP for a hammy. You know, wide receivers and hammies, not good. Curtis Samuel with a groin. He's their second-best receiver. He's he didn't. Ricky Seals Jones is their current starting tight end. He didn't practice today. (laughs) Sam Cosme is the right tackle. He didn't practice today. Their whole offense didn't practice today. Basically, it's not the
2: Washington website just had a thing like how Ricky Seals Jones can unlock the Washington offense. I guess I guess not.
1: I don't know. uh, Ricky Seals Jones has been like a fantasy like going to be he's going to be good this week guy for like two years. Yeah. And this was—I think this was going to be the week until he showed up on the injury report. So,
2: Oofda. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to steal from your mini pod lane then. And okay, it's it's pretty obvious the Packers should win this game. It's at home. <laughs> Washington has no players. They don't even have a mascot. What uh, what is the path though for the, for the for the Packers to lose this game?
1: So, oh, it's really hard to see. I, actually, I didn't know William Jackson um, was hurt, and he's he's limited with a knee. So he might play, but the key to Washington winning this game is that they are good at getting pressure, and Rodgers has been not great against pressure. Um, Doug Farrar wrote a really nice piece in Touchdown Wire today um, highlighting just how bad Rodgers has been, especially on deep passing under pressure, um, and has not, generally speaking, been good. You know, it used to be that blitzing Aaron Rodgers was death to the defense. And that has not been the case at all this season. And they have the they have the horses to get a pass rush with four. And if you can get a pass rush with four on Aaron and play a whole bunch of guys in the secondary, one of which is good at guarding Devontae Adams, you can really shut down the Packer um, offense. And so that's their path to victory. You still have to score points, though. And um, without anybody worthwhile playing on the offense, I just don't know how they're going to score anything. I think it would take freak special teams play or... Something along those lines to actually win this game, and, and with this many guys hurt, I, I just don't see it happening. Like t- Taylor Henneke is not a good quarterback, and I don't—he's—he's he's not getting everybody to throw to. Um, so, it—they might keep it close because the defense might actually keep the Packers' offense under control. It might look a lot like the Bears game, honestly, where the Packers actually do dominate, but the score doesn't really show quite how much they dominated.
2: Hmm. All right. And
1: I mean, obviously, some of these guys could play, you know, Uh, most of them could play for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, it's Wednesday. Lots of changes between now and then. But uh, it's not good to have uh, this many DNPs on Wednesday is not great.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm still worried about Chase Young pretty disruptive uh disruptive force yep and what is what is montez sweat up to this year is he doing anything he's good
1: yeah other than um other than doing his own research about COVID, he's also um he's he's getting consistent pressure he has quite a few sacks i think he's got three it's not quite a few but um he's done a nice job opposite chase young um Jonathan Allen's also been good, but he's hurt. He, he was limited by a need today, too. <laughs> uh, and combined, the, all of those guys make for a very formidable front. Um, but, uh, but Sweat and Young are, are kind of the, the keys here. So um, I, I mentioned Sweat specifically on the vaccine thing because Washington actually had in one of the developers of the Moderna vaccine to answer any questions that people asked or had about taking the vaccine. And Montez Sweat, uh, when asked by a reporter if he asked that person his questions that he had, you know, about the vaccine, said, oh, "I didn't ask any questions. I'm just still doing my own research," which is, which is the dumbest thing that anybody's ever said. So
2: we're literally giving you the person who developed the vaccine, who mm-hmm. did all the research. You can ask all the questions you want. Now I'm good, because because let's face it, the opinion is is set in stone. No matter what. Uh, no matter what they try to tell you, that yep. there's more research to be done. No, nope. no. It's we're good. any research will just back up the opinion I already have. Yeah. Exactly. Is there you mentioned those I own you t-shirts? Are we doing a giveaway? We are doing a giveaway. Well, um, let's talk about that. <laughs> I have two
1: kinds of t-shirts. So um, we haven't done a giveaway in a while, so we're doing a giveaway, as as you all know. Um, we do have a, a Patreon. Um, it is the Milwaukee's tailgate Patreon. So Patreon.com slash MKE Tailgate and um if i have to look at my date that i set but uh if you join at the five dollar level by the beginning of november um you'll be entered to win either one of the aforementioned i own you t-shirts i have two of them from acme packing company um i have two reporting as eligible t-shirts and i have a reporting as eligible hoodie i believe they're all navy on the reporting as eligible ones i don't know what color the uh i I believe the i own you t-shirts are green i gotta go look up again i'll post a picture of them on the show page if anybody wants to see or you can go over to acme packing company um and just locate the post about them and by the way i should mention if you do buy one and don't win one um all proceeds for that do go to charity we are keeping our charity that we picked last year when we did the uh, dorks value only analytics t-shirt to support math and science education so um (laughs) i love that yes as a
2: charity when charity is a troll job i I do love that but anyway um can i just take
1: oh go ahead. No, you're, no, finish oh, your call. Head on over to the to our Patreon. And uh, if you're already there, if you're already signed up, again, thank you. Uh, it also gets you question priority on this podcast and the Wonka's Tailgate podcast. It gives you Ryan Topps, podcast that he does with James Anderson once a month on the Brewers minor league system, which is a good thing to do if you want to know who is up and coming for them. And it gets you the mini pods here to preview the opponent in great detail, which I'll have up uh, on Friday for Washington. So... Uh, go and sign
2: up over there and be entered to win stuff too. I'm just going to take us out of the moment here and talk baseball because right now we're recording this during an NLCS game. We are. Uh, the Dodgers uh, had a leadoff single. They're down 5-2 in the seventh. They had a leadoff single. Justin Turner then hit into a double play and appears to have pulled his hamstring. Sure did. And I am so confused because they flashed to a man in the stands, a fan decked out in Braves gear. And the, the fan was very upset. By this development, or at least seem to be very, very upset. So th- again, the Braves have the Braves benefited here from this. They got mm-hmm. the two outs in the seventh, and one of the Dodgers' best hitters, as bad as he's been in this series, is out. But this Braves fan, or at least somebody wearing Braves gear, is clearly cheering for the Dodgers? I'm very confused. Well, maybe very, he just feels confused. bad that he got hurt in a playoff game. Yeah, that's not it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
1: maybe he's had too much
2: to drink. I mean, that's absolutely always an option, uh, although although in L.A. I got to think there's not as much uh, over over service because these guys got to get out of there by the seventh. They need to beat the traffic. So yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people driving. Well, who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> the, the need to drive and the the decision to drink do not are definitely not things that, uh, you know, that that are made made in concert. But whatever. Uh, let's uh, let's get to questions. Unless let's there's anything do it. else i feel like we should we should be harping more on the fact that the packers owned the bears again but you know we've kind of hit hit everything i think let's uh let's start with patreon questions of course Patreon uh, patrons get to question priority here. So uh, Jason Albert kicks us off. What happened to Big Bob Tunyon? How come he caught so many touchdowns last year? And this season seems like kind of a non-factor. We did talk about this last week, but maybe we can hit on it again. Yeah,
1: and it's it's concerning um, for sure because he was a huge weapon last year. You know, famously never dropped any balls. And he has just been a complete non-factor to an absurd degree, um, like basically a one catch ten yards every single game, um, no yak, not fighting for anything. And part of it is just um, not as not as many opportunities because Randall Cobb runs a lot of the same routes. But part of it is legitimately just him not fighting through things and not running as crisper routes as he did before. Um, so you know he had fifty eight targets last year. It's not a ton. Um, knock 10 off that for Cobb and then with a little bit of regression just on you know a little bit of a decline maybe he's a little dinged up maybe um, he's getting a little more defensive attention because he was pretty productive last year and he is not rising to the occasion so um, they really do need a tight end to step up and I I mean Mercedes has done a nice job of it but you know he's the slowest position player in football and there's only so much he can do so um, Bob's really just regressed to the mean a little bit, plus some outside stuff, and uh, they need somebody to fill that role because it can't just be Devonte all the time. It's going to be a problem at some point.
2: I do feel like this was definitely the case with Lazard, but I believe with Tunyon last year too. We just kept asking, why wasn't this guy drafted? Why? What did everybody miss about this guy? Yep. Was that the knock on him that he just isn't that physical of a player? I know he's a converted, you know, converted to the position, but yeah.
1: That's well, pretty much it? the knock on him. That Yes, he is a good athlete, but he is stretched a little bit at tight end with size and blocking potential. Mm-hmm. And w- he was outstanding at um, at catching the ball down the field last year, but he was one of the worst players at getting yak. Basically, Bob Tanian would go down as soon as he was contacted last year. So, um, and, and you know, that's one of those things where it didn't matter last year because he gained so many yards before he was contacted anyway, but it's a symptom of his lack of physicality. And I do think teams figured out if they bully him a little bit, they can really knock him off his game.
2: Yeah, I believe he's the guy who misses the block that got Dylan thrown for, like, a six-yard loss or something. I believe he
1: was.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, the Nick Bosa block might be the highlight of the year for him at this point. I'm sure he's going to catch a touchdown here or there. but like Somebody needs to put that on repeat in his locker so he sees it every time he opens it. Yeah, so uh, he knows what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, it's fine though. More, more time for Mercedes Lewis to eat. That's fine with me. I love this guy. Um, even though I realize he's not, he's not what you want, uh, as your, as your best pass catching tight end. Um, Alex Lamers said, this is something that dates back a couple weeks, but this is, this is still interesting. I saw someone cite next gen stats that Jamar chase actually averaged the fourth least separation 1.3 yards last week. He's referring to the Packers Patrick Bengals game. Yeah. game. Was it mostly Stokes in coverage or him? And how do you think Stokes is doing so far?
1: And it was mostly Stokes in coverage on him. And he did a very nice job in that game staying with Jamar Chase. And even though Chase had himself a pretty nice game, uh, he did have to fight for a lot of his catches except for the blown coverage where he gained 70 yards, <laughs> where nobody was in coverage on him. Um, and Stokes was, did a very nice job at using his elite physicality to keep up with Jamar Chase, who is also uh, one of the most athletic receivers in football. Uh, Stokes continues to play a very, very, very nice game. Um he is not perfect in terms of technique. Hopefully he will improve. But uh, he just gets back into plays so quickly. He is He's not a huge guy. Like, Kevin King's 6'4". Uh, Stokes is only like 6 feet, but he seems just like to play way longer. I think he's got really long arms and gets himself back into plays that you don't think he's going to get back into. Um, combination of speed and length and just really using it as much as possible. So, um, If they get your air back they have the makings of an outstanding one, two punch on the outside that the Packers haven't had in quite some time. So, um, he's been good and he keeps being good and I keep waiting for him to
2: kind of fail. And he really hasn't. Yeah. If they get your back, I feel like, I <laughs> there, feel like there is that. This point, yes. Lucky. If it's December, lucky if it's well, certainly lucky if it's at all, but December might be the most optimistic for both him and Zadarius Smith. I yeah. mean, there's, there's just very little that we know about that. My that guess that would injury. be
1: Zedarius isn't coming back, but, uh, I Same. think Jair. Um, I think they'll they'll try and get him back for the playoffs, if at all possible, because he's super yeah. important.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, PJ Vessels asks. Uh, hope the he mentions referring to your kids. Hope the yeah. kids feel better soon. No fun. Well, the defense. will the defense survive another week against a mediocre offense. Is Washington's defense better than Chicago's? Um. So no. The answer is no. It is not better than Chicago's. It's not at all. Not even close.
1: So um, Chicago's defense has shown up against some halfway decent teams um, and Washington's defense is showing up against absolutely nobody so yeah um, I don't, Washington is talented but Chicago's defense is better Khalil Mack is still outstanding we saw that um, last week Akeem Hicks is still outstanding yeah, there's a lot of guys who are very good on that defense um, and Washington has just not put it together and they're going to be hurt um, and the, the Packer defense will be fine um, it, even if Everybody I mentioned on the DNP practice list this week plays. They're going to be. Um, they're still not a great offense, even though they have a couple weapons, and they're going to be slowed by injury. And Eric Stokes can at least limit Terry McLaurin enough. Antonio Gibson is he's fine, but uh, you know if they run the ball thirty times, that's a win for the Packers as long as they're not winning by a lot when they do it. So yeah, this will be the defense will look good after this game. I'm pretty confident
2: my heart was in my stomach standing under an apple tree. As I read tweets indicating that Kenny Clark had left the game with an injury early on against the bears. Uh, they can't, (laughs) I mean, we could say that they couldn't afford to lose Alexander, maybe even Zadarius Smith, but like if, if, especially with they can't lose Kenny Clark, (laughs) like they just cannot lose him at this point. He's, he's dominant. and, And you know, I, Feel like we feel like we didn't talk about him at any point because it's just we take it for granted now but uh that's one of the reasons why without your two cornerbacks playing you still can hold a team to 14 points because the you know nothing's nothing's happening up front he's he's sucking up a lot of uh Very true. You know, a lot of that so
1: and since they started moving him outside on both passing and on passing downs he is just uh brutal for um a guard to block and has been getting consistent pressure on quarterbacks from the inside. I mean that's all you can ask from an interior lineman. I mean he's we know he's one of the best in the league but it's starting to show up with finishing off quarterbacks much more frequently. And like you may have noticed Dean Lowry showing up a little bit lately on the pass rush. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is hugely related to Kenny Clark. Now requiring additional people <laughs> to block him on the other side. Like Dean Lowry is only good at that. Like he's good. He's not good in the run. He's a good pass rusher when he can get one on one situations, and now he's getting those because Kenny Clark is just manhandling people.
2: Yeah, that's nice. Kenny Clark, two sacks. Did he? How many hurries did he have? Do you even know?
1: I think it was like eight or nine. It was. Oh, oh my gosh. God. It was. I. Um. I, I saw it in passing on Twitter, but it was a lot. It was a ton that's... of hurries in this game
2: that's wild and they have to wow he's so good oh my gosh he's so good uh let's see jason albert at what point will it catch up with the packers offense that no wide receivers threat to catch a ball except for adams you think teams could scheme to take him out of the game but maybe i don't know what i'm talking about but we've talked about this <laughs> that you know in washington is a team that maybe can take adams out of the game i don't think he can i think he's too good to like get Shut out or one catch or yeah. two catches or anything ridiculous, but you can you can mitigate him certainly.
1: Yep, it happens once in a while. Tampa did it in the NFC Championship game last year, and um, so just I, I did I'm writing a piece um, on stati- a statistical piece for APc this week, and last year um, I basically did an exercise where I broke um, the Packers into having two receivers, Devontae Adams, and then the average of all of the rest of the receivers on the team put together. And last year, you might be surprised to learn that all of the other receivers on the team combined were about as good as Devontae Adams. They were a little worse, but not much. And it it makes sense because uh, while Devontae was awesome across the board, he averaged like 12 yards a catch. And Bob Tanyan was good last year. He caught 85% of his balls, which is more than Devontae. And MVS averaged 20 yards a catch, which is more than Devontae. And while he didn't catch a lot of his balls, if you put the two of them together, it's kind of what you get. Um, this year, not the case. Um, Devontae is taking a bigger target share than he did last year. He has uh, a phenomenally good yards per reception. He is um, leading you know, every major category among receivers. And all the other receivers combined are much, much, much worse than Devontae. That number two combination receiver is like three yards per reception worse and catching fewer balls overall and averaging like one less yard per target. So... Um, Adams is Excellent we all know that but uh, We saw last year when he got hurt For a few games they were okay um, yeah, I stepped up and did fine And I think this year if that happens It is definitely an open question if they have The horses to, to do that I'm not sure they Do um, even though it's a lot Of the same people oh Dodgers um. Yeah, that <laughs> was ugly. Um, So It took
2: Scani, Gavin Lux out of center field and Mookie Betts just, just botched a fly ball yeah, I mean, yeah. Whatever
1: but um, Anyway, um, I, I do think it might hurt them more without Tanyan stepping up, and with especially if MVS isn't back soon. I do think they need him to be back and start stretching the field and open it up underneath for a few more people. And until that happens, they are
2: vulnerable to uh, a Devontae slow day, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Alex Lamers again. If Aaron Rodgers could have said, "I still own you," to, in the face of a player, instead, which Bears player over the past fifteen years would you most <laughs> want to see him do that to? Uh let's. You see. know, so I thought about this question. I couldn't come up with anyone. It's like the Don Draper meme. I don't even think about you at all. There's no Bears. <laughs> uh, there's no Bears player that bothers me because the Bears are not an issue. I'm sorry, but they're not. I
1: when they were good on defense, like the Lovey Smith, like good teams on defense and a lot, a lot of that was, like, even pre rodgers but I kind of like those guys. Like, Brian is a big, stupid meathead, but he's fun to watch and, like, you know, a good player. And Lance yeah, I Br- have
2: no nothing against Brian Urlacher. Yeah,
1: Lance Briggs was kind of the same way. And um, Peanut uh, Yeah, Peanut Tillman's fun. Like, I don't like the punching when it's against the Packers, but it was incredible and effective. So uh, I'm not really sure. I guess my answer might be... Um, I think this was a playoff game, uh, an important one. I could be wrong, though. But I think Aaron Rodgers threw a pick to Urlacher at one point, and Urlacher yes. was going to return it for a touchdown, and Rodgers just scraped the back of his foot on his first drive, and tripped him up. I would have liked Rodgers to pop up and do it to him at that moment after tackling him after an interception.
2: Is that not the NFC Championship game I in think 2010? it was. I was it looking is. for it. Because um, everything changes if Aaron Rodgers doesn't make that tackle. Yes. That tackle was massive. Yes, it was. Yeah, I I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty
1: sure, I'm sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is.
2: Yeah, awesome moment. I guess I would say Shane McClellan because that guy, oh, yeah. not not intentionally, but broke Rodgers' <laughs> collarbone at one of those times. So uh, so yeah, I I guess that's that's maybe the call. But even on offense, like I'm trying to think of. I mean, like. Nobody nobody in Packers Nation should dislike Jay Cutler. He was a gift. Right. So, like, if you're looking for the face of that team during these last 15 years, I don't know. They're all kind of non-threatening. I'd rather, you know, save it for Jared Allen or something in Minnesota. Yep. That's
1: the correct answer. Jared Allen in Minnesota.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to look this up to make sure that I'm, I'm right. I'm but, pretty uh, sure you're right. Pretty sure. That's right. Uh, Brian Polakowski asked who is the worst opponent the Packers will see this year, the lions or <laughs> the Washington football team. Also, can you imagine how crazy it would have been watching the 1983 Monday night football matchup between green Bay and Washington with 11 touchdowns, oh, man. six field goals, 48, 47 green Bay win. He said I was seven months old. I was a little bit older than that, but not much. Same. And, uh, yeah, that was. Is that still the? Is that the? That's the highest scoring game I'm pretty sure in Monday Night history. It is. It's got to be one of the highest scoring in NFL history, actually. It's one of, but 7. not the. Sure. Uh, yeah, highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history. That is not going to happen to the Packers in Washington this time around. Boy,
1: howdy, it is not. And and to answer your question, the Lions are the worst team in football, and I think will continue to be the worst team in football. They've gotten worse every week. Um, they just. By the way, they signed Geronimo Allison today. If you're wondering how things are going in Detroit. Oh, no. That's yeah. So bad. Yeah, it is. Um, so it, Washington's got talent. Detroit doesn't have any talent. Washington's got a lot of other problems. Uh, front office problems, um, talent problems. Uh, but they're more talented than the Lions are. And uh, yeah, the Lions are just awful. Super awful. Yeah. <sighs> Feels good to have this division at our fingertips, doesn't it? Paul? It is the gift that keeps on giving. It is just atrocious.
2: Yeah, it really is. All right, let's move to Twitter questions. Easy Narc asks, anyone jealous of that Mike McCarthy offense?
1: (laughs) No, as stated many times on this pod, the Packer offense is actually doing quite well. It's just really slow. Um, And, you know, uh, we made fun of I've made I I shouldn't speak for all of us. I've made fun of Mike quite a bit. And it's nice to see his offense um, humming along nicely there and getting the most out of Dak Prescott, who's a quarterback I like but i'm not sure that mike is really the guy driving the bus over in dallas on offense right now either so i'm uh, i'm not sure i really want mike's offense either
2: what is history going to think let's say worst case scenario the dallas cowboys win the super bowl here what history is going to have to remember mike <laughs> McCarthy <laughs> as one of the all-time great coaches oh, you don't win shoot. Two super bowls With by two accident. different teams too um, right so now we're talking about we're talking about one of the greats in mike McCarthy. I mean, that's going to be wild. It's, it's,
1: I don't know what to, th- so first of all, I doubt it'll happen because Cowboys, yeah, um, and, and just, I, I obliquely referenced Kellen Moore, who's their offensive coordinator. He will almost certainly be a head coach next year. Everybody loves Kellen Moore and the offense he runs, which is not Mike's offense. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the stat nerds like Ben Baldwin have, been uh the pff guys too have been saying things like what is it what is mike actually doing over there these days because you know his in-game management's not great and he's not calling the offense and he's not a defensive guy so um uh, but i mean you have to give him credit they're they're five and one their offense is outstanding and it's not like he, he hires people <laughs> so so i don't i don't know what history thinks of mike if the dallas cowboys win the super bowl i mean if he if he gets this Dallas team to a Super Bowl after last year and struggling quite a bit, I think he deserves a lot of credit, even if he's not calling every play. Like head coaches don't have to call every play. You have offensive and defensive coordinators for a reason, and you can be the the overall architect of things without being granular in any one area. So, uh, I mean, if the, if they win it, he's earned a a special
2: place. I think that's fine. It's so weird. Uh, Travon Diggs, how many? That's Stefan Diggs' brother. He's a defensive back. And for those who watched uh, Hard Knocks, he was kind of one of the stars. He has this adorable, <laughs> adorable kid. Uh, he's got seven interceptions <laughs> in six games. Seven interceptions He does in six games. Which does not that's happen impossible. in the modern NFL. That's impossible. It's
1: impossible. Uh,
2: so that's – I don't want to say luck. I think that's great. Good for him. He's having a great year. Tremendous year. But that's uh, – that's That's wild um i do i do not trust dallas i I don't trust green bay either but i definitely don't trust if we're talking about the five and one teams i do not trust dallas uh jonathan deal asks in honor of spooky season what horror icon would you associate aaron Rodgers with considering he's been haunting and murdering the lions vikings and especially the bears for his entire career
1: uh let's see
2: i mean oh you haven't given this thought
1: i gave it a little thought i'm reconsidering a little bit because i didn't Uh, the the longevity thing didn't hit me until you just read it right now which you know it makes you want to go for a Jason Freddy answer but uh, uh, I I was actually sort of thinking the Babadook which is reliant on uh, trauma within to create (laughs) the haunting on the outside so I think I
2: go with that that's uh, I didn't expect the metaphorical take Uh, I definitely see something like you know do you know the movie The Grudge yes so what I appreciate about and, and that's an American version of a of a movie, I think it's from Japan? very
1: Japanese. It, yeah, it, Japanese. It, yes.
2: So what I appreciate about a <laughs> Japanese horror, Japanese horror has no real rhyme or reason to it. There's no like overriding moral. There's no real you know, it's like The Ring, for example. It's, it's nonsense, really. It's just horrifying <laughs> because it makes no sense. It's just horrifying horror. Uh, that I imagine is how Aaron Rodgers is to a lot of people, especially if we're talking about something called the Grudge. Aaron Rodgers knows how to hold a grudge, Good and call. I can definitely see his like rage manifesting itself in just very peculiar, bizarre ways, very upsetting. So either the the monster—I don't—I don't remember the name of the monster from the Grudge, or or even—it's just some Samara, creepy kid, isn't
1: it? Samara's the you- ring.
2: Samara's the ring yeah Yeah, I think it's a creepy kid I don't know It, it, it manifests itself in different ways but uh yeah definitely something something out of the Japanese horror playbook is what I'm going with and uh yeah, I think he's inevitable for the NFC North. He's just got to seem so freaking inevitable. It's what we watch when we see Tom Brady out there yep. and he's down seven points with a minute 15 on the clock and he's on his own 20 yard line. And you're screwed. It's what we think. Yep. You just, you just know if you're one of those people that he's going to mess with your life. Very upsetting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David. David asks, the red zone streaks has to end against Washington, right? Right? So it does have to end.
1: It's got to end. I think Washington's a good candidate. My only, I don't know if they're going to get in the red zone very often, because, I mean, if everybody's hurt, they're they're very likely not to. Um, but if they do, yeah, I think this is where the Packer defense finally does show up and stop somebody. Uh, I would. I'd put a decent amount of money on it. Um, They don't have the horses to punch it in. They can't abuse the Packer run defense in the red zone. That's what's done a lot of it. And they don't have, like, a a super big good target to target um, and abuse anybody in the defensive secondary either. So, yep, I like this one. I like this way to end it. It's 15 for 15 right now, by the way. Uh, The Bears did it twice. So, if you're thinking... the Bears did it twice, so anybody can.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that, that's a good to bad thing. The, the good news is the Bears only got into the red zone twice, which comes back to the pace a little bit. The bad news is 15 out of 15. I know you said last week that this is going to even out, that there is a little bit of luck involved, some penalties involved. <laughs> but like 15 out of 15 is no joke. Yep. Uh, it's It's really, really frustrating. And I guess like I was thinking, do you want, because in the past they've struggled in the red zone, or I should say struggled between the 20s, but but been effective in the red zone, the whole bend, but don't break thing has worked for them, including in 2010 when they you know, went to the Super Bowl, then in 2011. But um, I, I guess you would rather have this. You would rather have a team that is just overall better because the red zone thing, you figure there, it's easier to make tweaks there than it is to have the personnel to truly be good on defense between the 20s. Yeah. But and, and Eric Stokes is a big part of it because he's a rookie and, you know, your cornerbacks playing in a, in a tighter window. That's that's tougher to do and tougher to learn. So I guess that's the type of thing you'd expect them to get better at. But um, 15 of 15 is pretty f- it's freaking it's egregious. not good.
1: <laughs> 15 touchdowns. I mean, it would be bad if it was
2: a score every time. <laughs> yeah, a touchdown every time is incredible. Uh, Enrico Palazzo asks is Jalen Smith's athleticism still enough to cover up the fact that he's not very good at the position uh I don't know no I don't know if Jalen Smith is going to
1: get snaps I mean, long. He's, he, he's not very athletic anymore um I, right. he should be a pass situation only guy and I don't I, I don't see it anymore I think he looks pretty washed
2: yeah hopefully one game is I mean it's just this is what everyone said about Jalen Smith and then the one game kind of showed it so it's kind of like eh, yeah there may be it maybe is what we thought we what we thought he was yep. to uh to quote to quote an aforementioned houston texans defensive coordinator no, wait, that's not Lovey Smith. That's uh Dennis Green. We are who we thought they were, right? Um, that is Dennis Green, yes. Yeah, my bad, my bad. I'm confusing my my Bears Luminaries, defensive coordinator luminaries. Uh <laughs> Locopabs, we're on the Discord questions already. Loco Pabs is the only Discord question we have. Should the WFT A rebrand with a new nickname? B remain WFT, C, relocate and rebrand, or D be dissolved and replaced <laughs> in the league by a different organization? <laughs> Certainly the answer is D. D. But D. under more reasonable possibilities
1: they should rebrand to have the initials bwtf um so i don't washington the football i don't something like that uh, but uh w, wft is so close and they can get it there but i mean this organization is uh that we've called houston the worst organization in sports i think that's from a competence perspective um washington has occasionally made competent decisions personnel wise. But they are probably the worst organization in all of sports, just in terms of being bad guys, <laughs> um, being despicable people. Um, so they, they should find new ownership for that team. Uh, they should keep them in Washington. They should not relocate them. And they should rename them something fun where we can just make a what the fuck um, reference. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Washington that football, I feel like that would work as a Kind of like that that washington works. that football um <laughs> what an, what a what a shit show i mean just on all levels in terms of having good people in terms of being able to come up with a mascot for it two consecutive look it's fine one time one year even though people have been telling you that your mascot is a literal racial slur it's fine to have one year where it's like okay we're finally doing this and we're not ready but the, they they my understanding and i don't know if this is true but the Inability to find a mascot had a little bit to do with like getting the trademarking and the branding. Like some oh, yeah. of the possibilities that were out there, people smartly jumped on. That is and, all like, correct. Yeah, good work, everybody. Well thought through. What way to way to like way to tell the world? Oh, we're gonna come up with new branding, and then everybody's like, hmm. Let's make a quick buck Here's and use up all be. the names. Yeah, yeah. And there's is... only so many really like. There's only so many options. They're not gonna be the Washington like you know Cardinal Cardinals is a bad example. But the, the, you know. <laughs> I don't know, the Washington Robins. They're not just going to be like some random animal. They're going to have some tie. There's such a rich, you know, a rich tapestry to pull from in the nation's capital. There's plenty of options, and they're still finding a way. They're still finding ways to screw it up. Incredible. Yep. It's ridiculous. God. I actually did hear, because I do feel bad for their fans. They've had, they've obviously had some success in their past, so they probably have some longstanding fans. And, and to have to put up with this has to be really frustrating. I did hear one guy sort of defend the idea of staying Washington football team. I mean, it's been two seasons and it's, it's different. You got to hand him that yep. like it's, it's, It's weird and it's laughable at times, but we would get used to it. You know, four or five years go by. It's not going to be weird anymore. It's not going to be ha-ha, Washington football team. They couldn't come up with a nickname. So he actually was like, you know what? We're here. Let's just just do something. It's a little bit like the Ohio State University, you know, just like we're the football team. The football team it's fine it's fine so uh i actually i don't i wouldn't even rule that out that they just keep it like i do think that's on the table yeah. i would have previously thought that madness but that was after the first season and now that we're still here i think they might keep they, there's a possible they just they i kind of
1: like it. it also like I, I joke i want the initials to be different but i it's very modern it's very much how like tv uh shows were named and movies were named for like 10 years of just what they were like two words right. um so i like that it, it, it does uh it 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 sounds kind of I'm already kind of used to it, so.
2: yeah. And I mean, think about how soccer has become a bigger thing in the United states. the The naming conventions the club club soccer teams use, you know, it isn't about the mascot like it is in the United States. I think that's that's a very United States concept. I mean, North America concept, I guess I would say, yeah, it it's, is it's not It's not important that, you know, like, you know, Liverpool is the brand. It's not what whatever, you know, mascot they... I don't even know. Do they even have mascots? I don't think these club soccer teams even... They have unofficial ones. They, yeah, I don't they, know they, if...
1: they just kind of pick up names based on what the fans
2: call them based on the colors right. of
1: jerseys and, and things like that. Um, exactly. It, and puns.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And I love puns. Yeah. So uh, so I don't know. We We've kind of talked ourselves into the fact that a team needs a mascot. It's not necessarily the case, so... Maybe maybe this is uh the, the front end of a revolution. We we've maybe maybe Daniel Snyder really is a genius all along. Just kidding. He's no, not a genius. He's terrible. Yeah. Oh. All right. That's what we got, Paul. Yeah, we're done.
1: So um all right. Um again. If you want to win a shirt, head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh Ball and glove level, that's five bucks uh, and higher will be entered. Um, we'll do that drawing, I believe, the first Friday in November if memory serves. I'll post that somewhere. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, JR, anything good? Buck season underway?
2: Yeah, Buck season's underway. I I won't say I have anything good in the hopper coming up here, but uh, we did. uh, I was able to, I actually covered uh, for for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel the game story of the the Bucks opener against Brooklyn. It was a comfortable win. It was an awesome, awesome night at Pfizer Forum. Uh, The ring ceremony, the banner was unfurled. Jim Paschke was there doing master of ceremony stuff. It was really, really cool. And then they played outstanding. Like they played so confidently. I mean, they look like the bucks are really freaking good man i mean yes, i i i did not imagine they would they would pressure 60 wins this season because uh, because of the, just the quick turnaround, weird season. I'm imagining, you know, they're an older team. There's going to be rest, and I mean, all that might still be true. But the first game, if that's if that's a harbinger, holy smokes, yeah, this team is special. So, uh, so that was fun. You can find all our coverage at jsonline.com. We've got stuff about the rings, you know, stuff about the ceremony. Jim Ozarski was there writing about the ceremony. So, so that's all. That's all cool. Um, you know, yeah, I don't have anything else really. Uh, really in the in the near the near term here two two quick things
1: uh one what did you think of the ring
2: um so i feel wrong saying anything bad about it because (laughs) i I, for, for, it's cool. It's cool. I love I love all the Easter eggs, you know, like I think everything. it's cool. So I'm... yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love all the Easter eggs. That's that's common with rings where everything has, you know, it, the carrot values matter because they, they represent 414 or something like I like that stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that this ring is different. It becomes a pendant. Um, in writing about it, Uh, and and the design is beautiful, and the people who worked on it, amazing. I I love that Giannis is the one who came up with the idea to put a QR code in there to pull up a video of their championship run. Like, all that stuff is cool. It is... It is a little much like the, the 360 <laughs> diamonds on the top for the number of ownership wins feels a little forced and a little weird. I'm guessing it's because they needed a certain, you know, they needed a triple digit number or something to to make that thing look good. Yeah. To, you know, measure that out. So I, I gather it's, it's a little much at some points I was kind of like. Okay, the amount of money that's being pumped into this—I'm I'm not. I swear, I'm not that guy who complains about salaries and how much money franchises are spending on on dumb stuff. I'm not. But at some point, it's just like, whoo boy, that's an awful, awful lot going into things, that, rings that you can't even wear. But, yep. uh, um, but I mean, obviously, it's cool. I love, I love the the side that looks like Pfizer Forum. I think is genius. It looks really neat. I love that Buxton Six is physically on the ring. It's so good. That's awesome that's a great nod to the fans that's a fan thing and so that's a nod to the fans and i really i really like that so uh so i i i do have slightly mixed emotions but i would say that i mean it's hard it's hard to truly dislike something that's that much you know designed so specifically for a championship that's really fun
1: yep all right sweet uh i will have a post up on Acme packing company tomorrow about um, Devonte Adams and what would happen if he disappeared from the team versus last year. Um, I have my recap and forward-looking piece in the Shepherd Express out right now. You can go find that um, either at the Shepherd Express or by popping over to my Twitter where I just tweeted it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll have uh contest up. We're off for the baseball podcast this week, mini pod on Friday, and, uh, that'll do it for us here. So, um, enjoy the, the game. I'm actually going to the game this week, so I will, I, I will be there. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Haven't been in a are while. Are you going
2: to be, are you going to be carrying a sign that says, I still own you? It might seem out of place. Place against not the Bears. They
1: but... do have that that uh, booth inside with the Coles placards where you can make a sign. So yeah, I'm going to do that now.
2: Delightful, delightful. Let me ask you this before I let you go. What do you think is the staying power of I still own you? Because I have a feeling it's not going to endure because it's so team specific. The way that R E L A X has, or the way that run the table became a thing.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I I feel like it's going to be kind of a a one shot deal. It might resurface when they play the Bears again. And we see the highlights over and over again. So, oh yeah, uh, I think there'll be like a dip, and then it'll come back, and then we'll never think of it again.
2: Yeah, so, I think that's possible too. Or, you know, just talking about bucks and six, that sort of that thing, I think, somewhat randomly became a mantra. Yeah, I don't. I, I as fun as this is right now, I don't know if this will become a mantra. But you know, we may find out. R e l a x kind of, uh, kind of became a, a surprise, a surprise smash. So I guess yep. I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> Indeed, um, but I do agree with you on that. Though but that that is all we have so um everybody enjoy the game this weekend we'll be back next week